0: With uh, a few minutes left in the third quarter, uh, you're looking at the Suns-Mavericks game and you're thinking you might, you know, have an instant classic here because very entertaining game. Uh, Suns uh, end up leading by six going into the fourth quarter. Mavs cut it to three, uh, you know, like early in the fourth. But then from then on, it was all Suns. They end up winning the game by 20 points, Sam. Yes, we were marveling last night about
1: John Moran and the things that he can do in a fourth quarter that aren't supposed to be done in the fourth quarter of a basketball game. Like the energy that he has, the dunks that he throws down, the just what he finds to elevate above everybody else literally and figuratively in the fourth quarter of these playoff games. It's a nice new element to the Suns team. That was I mean, This isn't something, especially back-to-back games on this level, that that we saw during the run to the finals last year. So when you're trying to find, you know, that that next little added extra element, it's it's still it's still subtle, which it was always supposed to be. But you know, you're seeing the additions of of Javale McGee, of Landry Shamit, what those guys are doing in their specific roles. But the Suns just finding this extra gear as Chris Paul turns 37 years old tomorrow to bury teams in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's got to make those guys feel pretty good about themselves.
0: It was really kind of almost a perfect storm because we know Phoenix really had dominated the Mavericks with the exception of uh, the fourth quarter in the first game. By the way, if you've got any comments on the NBA playoffs, uh 1017 if you see something different than what Sam sees or what I see. Love to talk some NBA playoffs with you at 994-1017, 994-1017. Okay, uh, the, the perfect storm that I'm talking about with regard to the Suns and is bad for the Mavericks was they the Suns played adequate in game one, and then the game ends. They end up winning the game by seven or eight points, and everybody just is grumpy talking about how uh, Chris Paul – you know, wasn't pleased with only getting 28 minutes. The fans were, like, real concerned about the way uh, that the Mavs pushed them there at the end. It got it down to five with, like, 32 seconds. So now you've got a game where, you know... Mavs are are competing with the Suns, and then it gets to that moment of the fourth quarter where the Suns remember, hey, uh, this was the part of the game where Dallas actually showed something in game one, and the exact opposite uh, happened. The Suns shot 84% from the field in the fourth quarter, Sam. 84% Eighty four percent from the field pretty good. in the fourth quarter. And that is pretty good. Uh for the game, sixty four percent from the field, fifty two percent from behind the three and eighty six percent from the line. I mean, they would have beaten, you know, the, the great you know, teams from Chicago with Michael Jordan shooting those kind of numbers, Sam? Well, fam.
1: The, the, the people that used to watch those games in, in the heyday when, when they were in their younger days, in the 80s and 90s, would love this Suns team because they shoot twos away that nobody else does anymore. Like, you got you got, you got Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe complaining about how, you know, n- nobody who's in my generation could possibly understand how much better the NBA was 30, 40 years ago. And this Suns team is like the last little bit of of hope for something to hold on to.
0: Well, th- yeah, and and there's some nights when you're really, really on. And, you know, uh, nobody's ever going to accuse the Dallas Mavericks of being a, uh, a, a an elite-level defensive team. But at the same time, uh, you've got to knock down these shots uh, in order to put those kind of numbers, and that was the case uh, for the Suns last night. Again, leading by six going into the fourth quarter and ended up winning the game by twenty one twenty nine to 109 Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, there was some discussion on, you know, the whole thing with Luka. You know, he was even getting some criticism. I I think that's like the dumbest thing. Based on the personnel that Dallas has, they're doing exactly what they should do. And Jason Kidd, uh, you know, knows what he's doing there on the sidelines. Unlike Steve Nash, you know, he has been... Uh, paid his dues along the way and coached a lot, a lot of NBA games. So here was Jason Kidd, uh, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, talking about Game Two last night.
2: We had him going into the fourth quarter. It's a six-point game. We have the ball. We turn it over. They come down and score. And at that point, um, we just lost focus. We got to be better. And uh, that's you know, no matter what time, playoffs or regular season, um, we got to stay together. And we just. We found a way to beat ourselves there in that fourth quarter. How
3: difficult is that? Because at one point you had control of the game there in the, in the uh, second quarter. Yeah, we
2: did everything we were supposed to do. You know, we've had some you know bad luck against them in the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, fatigue or uh, or not being able to make plays or make timely shots. Uh, but they took advantage of that in the fourth, and uh, they have 40 points. You know, and when you look at CP and and Book, they they took turns. One took the third quarter. The, the next one took the fourth quarter and, and we had no answers.
0: So book took the third quarter CP three again. Amazing. How old, uh, you said he's turning 37 today, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, yeah. And he is so efficient with his shot selection too, 14. Sam. I mean, yep. Coming off that 14 out of 14 game to close out, uh, new Orleans, you know, I. he, Shoots a remarkable percentage again, like uh, in this game last night, uh, 11 of 16 from the field. Are you kidding me? That was never part of Chris, you know, like, everybody, everybody we've talked for years about Chris Paul's uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, but nobody ever's like, started their conversation about the way Paul, Chris Paul played is. Man, he was just an incredible shooter. I mean, such a you know a high percentage shooter. I'm not saying he was a low percentage shooter, but right now he's playing off the charts. No, but it's high percentage
1: shooter and volume too. Like it's that this level that he's still doing it at, which again is another addition to the season. He he's had his moments shooting threes. Certainly, it's something that I mean, Devin Booker. Devin Booker has become the maybe the all around player in the league and you know talking about Chris Paul 14 points in the fourth quarter last night in just over 6 minutes so it's the efficiency when Jason Kidd talks about uh, we got we had some bad
0: luck there in I the yeah I quarter. was like that that was like a bad choice of words uh because in, in the face I'm like dude you were there in game 1 you actually outscored the Suns in game 1 in the fourth quarter so I don't I don't know how the the whole we had some bad luck in the fourth quarter applies I mean I Bad luck maybe that the team that you were playing that night shot 84%, maybe that's bad luck. But. And
1: and there was some foul trouble early in the game so you didn't have some guys available in the fourth quarter, but uh, Deandre Ayton and Jay Crowder both only played a couple of minutes, so it was just a matter of the shots were falling. Like the Suns, the, the Suns have figured out uh you know where to get themselves in positions where they can just bury teams. And that's the difference for Dallas right now. Like if there's anything that Dallas does have going for it, it's that they've been in these games in the fourth quarter when they're getting no three-point production from their guys relative to what they did in the Utah series. So at least they have that going for them. But the Suns just know exactly where to be, know exactly where they want to hit shots. Like we're hearing from, from different coaches at times on the losing end, you know, we got to do a better job of getting
0: him the ball where he wants it. Not an issue on Money Williams' side. No, and you know you're you're right. I mean, I want to go back to what you said about the the Suns uh, playing kind of a, a throwback style and having an appreciation for three for two point attempts. Um, you know, they uh, you know, Dallas had uh, four more threes made in the game than uh, the the Suns did, and here the Suns win by twenty. You know, that's the the thing that I think we were talking about when Doctor Weir used to join us is. Popovich you might have been the one or somebody said you know that it, it's sad that nowadays you know you get to the end of the game and before you do the post game press conference the first thing you look at are the stats and inevitably the team that's made more threes is going to win the game that's what the game has come to you know and and last night that was not the case I mean thirteen made freeze for the suns not bad seventeen for Dallas but it was the two point efficiency, the drives, the relentless—you know—going to the basket and making nice—you know—passes uh, that are leading to those easy baskets. I mean, last night um, the the Suns with twenty eight assists uh, in the game, uh, which which just showed everything was everything was working. Uh, so you know, we heard uh, Jason Kidd talk about the bad luck in the fourth quarter. Uh, let's talk about you know the, the obvious that Luka Doncic he just doesn't have the help around him. And it's not like it's due to injury, right? I mean, it's not like the Mavs are without some key player that was part of the regular season that got him the number five seed. Uh, it's, it's that, you know, I mean, maybe they're not good enough collectively. Um, but for guys like Reggie Bullock, um, and, uh, Jalen Brunson, who had had a nice series against Utah, uh, Max Kleber, uh, was not, not existent last night. Uh, uh Spencer Didwitty, okay? Uh Didwitty out of the University of Colorado. You know, he came on and Reggie Miller was was touting that, you know, he, hey, there's a guy that can, you know, step up and go threes to threes. Uh, you know, they did get a little bit of production out of the Latvia laser, okay? That's uh that's Davis Bertanz. I looked up his nickname. The Latvian laser and big number 44. Like I mean, it, it you know there was like a minute stretch where I'm like, who is this big old dude? I mean, for one thing, the Mavericks like hardly have any players that played college basketball anywhere. You know, they were they're all from they're all euros. And that they're good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, uh, I mean, these guys are the ones that are going to have to, you know, be the difference maker. Because, you know, Lucas scores 47 in the first game or something. He follows it up last night with a, a very solid performance and in, um, in getting 35. He shot well from the field, but... You know he's just not getting the production. Here's Jason Kidd talking about how Luca needs help.
2: Yeah, he had a great game, but no one else showed. So you know we got to get other guys. You know um, shooting the ball better. We can't win with just him out there scoring thirty a night. Not this time of the year. And we're playing the best team in in, in the league. And so we got to get other guys going. Um, right now, you know when you look at. You know, Reggie and Maxie and, and Luca are playing, but we gotta get JB and, and, and Spencer and get them rhythm and get them good shots for game three. All right.
0: Well that's uh Jason Kidd talking about Luca not having any help. Okay, Jeff Van Gundy, who is one of my faves, um, he uh he, he's saying that he thinks it might be a challenge to be Luca's teammate. Here's why uh, Jeff Van Gundy says that.
4: I think the heavy ball dominant guard, I mean, he's gone one step above James Harden for ball dominance, even back when James Harden was with Houston. And I think Doncic is the hardest guy to guard in the league now. Like, I think he's that good. I'm mesmerized by the talent. And yet, I ask myself when I watch just how difficult it must be to play on that team because you get the ball so infrequently and you know No, it's going to be a high pick and roll with Doncic. If it's a switch, it's going to be an iso. It's not that he doesn't pass the ball. He does pass the ball. But that dominance of the ball in one person's hands, I'm not sure exactly how you surround that player the very best other than to have shooting and, you know, as many defensive-minded players as you can. But I don't have a perfect guy because how would you fit in offensively with Doncic? I think it's difficult.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it is, but at the same problem, uh, at the same time, it it would probably be a, a problem that most teams in the league would would, ha- would like to have. I mean, he complimented him saying he's the hardest guy in the league to guard. I mean, that right there is the headline out of that whole thing. Uh, it's now just, you know, the speculation of, of the players around him. And quite frankly, I think... They could upgrade the players around them, Sam. Yeah, this is so
1: unfair to to Luca. I mean, nobody likes to see their team down 0-2 in a series, but there was also no expectation that Dallas was going to win in this series and how even how competitive it was going to be. I mean, certainly you have to like that they've been in these games in the fourth quarter. To say that, you know, Luca's got to be a hard teammate to be around, it it's it's an easy take to have today in my mind. And look, Jeff Van Gundy obviously knows way more about basketball than than I do. Like, I'm fully aware of that. But if it was the case where, you know, you cut his points in half and you give it to somebody else and the game still ends up being the same, we're going to come on the air today and say, come on, Luca,
0: you're a superstar. Go play like it. Go take the game over. (laughs) Exactly, Sam. All right. Well, and Seth Greenberg, uh, you know, he even piled on. That was Jeff Van Gundy before. This is Seth Greenberg, Scott Galletti's. Buddy from Long Beach State. Here's uh, him talking about how uh, Luca needs another star on the team to hold him accountable.
3: They need another player, but they also probably when they get that next guy, Jay Wilder, he's going to have to change a little bit. As good as Luca is, he's going to have to change a little bit. The ball can't get stuck because they end up a lot of times with four guys watching one, and he makes the first half was a joke. I mean, it was a joke. The shots yeah, he was making, the that. plays he's making, his footwork, his fearlessness. But you get another superstar, and that superstar is going to hold him accountable to check people. Also, look, I love his game. I mean, like I, lo- I mean, it's old school, tough, physical. He's so strong. He's so patient. But I go back to yeah, they do it. I agree with you. They need another superstar or another guy that he can rely on going to get in twenty twenty two. But he's got to check someone, man. I mean, because in the second half. Uh, they wore him out and that was great that was great coaching let's face it you know mm. how do you defend Luka Doncic you make him defend every single uh-huh. possession and 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 you wear him down that's what happened in the second half
0: yeah and and they did and the, yeah it's whether it's another star or just better players around him uh he certainly needs some help all right uh the uh winning team obviously the suns Monty williams the coach uh who a lot of people are giving credit for the way that this uh franchise it's Turned itself around and he's he's very humble uh, and he's saying I can only take so much credit and he's he's putting the the praise on the players. We have good players, you know. I'd I'd love to sit here and tell you I move the chess pieces around. (laughs) We have good players who can knock down
3: shots, but we try our best to put them in the right spacing and and try to orchestrate
2: it to a degree. But when you have Chris and Book out there with the ball and the rollers we have, and and guys like Cam and and Mckill and Jay who can attack in point five, I think
0: it it helps. But we have good players that, and and they do. I mean, they do and. I, you know, Devin Booker, you're right. He could be evolving into, you know, just the guy to watch collectively in the league. I mean, he's not, you know, like what Doncic does, but what he does like amongst that team there in Phoenix. I mean, nobody can deny uh, he's a difference maker. Another thing, too, about Devin Booker, I, I didn't ever see really that much emotion out of him at Kentucky in the first couple of years in the league. Uh, he, last night he was ready to go right in the first quarter and he, he he's got a little bit of a an, a an ugly streak in him when he's when he's fixated on doing his job and uh, man he's getting it done but at the same time uh, he likes to have fun with a point guard that's probably 12 to 13 years older than him that's, uh, that's CP3 here's Devin Booker poking fun at CP3 uh, getting ready to turn 37
2: well, talk about What's like playing with a 37-year-old-to-be on oh, yeah. Friday? Oh. Yeah. To be. To be. And uh, to see what he's doing at this age? I mean, like I said earlier, man, it, it, it's super impressive, but doesn't surprise me. So I've been watching it since I was 7 or 8 or 2 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, just more than what he's doing on the court, just watching, you know, how he carries himself and just being a sponge to that, you know, seeing his routine, how he takes care of his body. You know how uh, his diet, his strength and conditioning. I mean, he can tell you better than I can, but he, he's feeling younger by the day, and it's fun to be a part of.
0: Yeah, well, what can you say? I mean, uh, it goes on and on. I think we were talking about Chris Paul like this like three years ago, thinking maybe he had one more like this, and he just, you know, he seems to be getting better, and and arguably he's playing at the highest level that he's ever played in his career.